0: Hey guys, this is episode 21. We got a lot of stuff to get to today, so let's get it rolling. On this show, we cover the biggest news stories, give our fact-based opinions, and we also interview many great people from all over the fruited plains. These are the stories and experiences that make up the fabric of this great country. This isn't just any show. This is the Matt and Chan Show. All right, welcome back to the Matt and Chan Show. We have a lot of stuff to discuss this week. We have the George Floyd killing, the murder, the brutal murder of George Floyd and the police officer in Minneapolis. And we also got to talk about the economic impacts of everything going on from COVID-19. Chandler, how are you doing today?
1: Matt, I'm doing great. Uh, Obviously, some tragic news uh, this week and uh, lots of news to get to. But yeah, I'm really excited to be back here uh, to do another Matt and Chan show with you. So uh, yeah, how have you been this past week?
0: I've been really good, and it's good to hear you're doing well. I know there's so much stuff going on, you can almost feel like the world's falling apart. But I'm doing good. I feel like work's going really good over at Sunnyside. It's good flow of things. I'm doing pools for my dad's business. So I've got a lot of stuff going on. And so it's just a good time. I just think feel real blessed with everything going on to be able to start seeing the restrictions lifted from COVID-19 and just having the freedom to do things again. I think that's a big thing. And I'm assuming in Hanford, it's probably the same. A lot of restaurants are probably reopening again. So that's really good, really good stuff to hear. So how's Hanford been for the COVID, the post COVID, I guess, shelter in place measures being lifted? Mm -hmm.
1: It's been um, probably pretty similar. Uh, A lot fewer restrictions, a lot more people feeling confident going out of their house. Um, I dropped my mom off at a store yesterday and, uh, um, you know, there are tons of people going in and out of the stores and I was uh, really surprised. Lots of people wearing masks, definitely a few people not, um, but generally people being very respectful of each other and, uh, and like getting back into regular life, which is exactly what we've been preaching on the show. And it finally happened.
0: Yeah, it's a good sign, these small businesses that were suffering through the COVID crisis. And it actually sucks because we actually had a Mexican restaurant coming in on, on Temperance and Belmont, and they literally had just put up their sign, they were about to come into business, and then they got shut down just because of the COVID crisis. I guess a lot of it probably was life savings poured into this business that was about to open, and then all of a sudden it was bought and purchased, and now there's another restaurant there. So it's had a lot of impact, especially close close to home. So. It's, it's good that we start to see things open up. But yeah, I just want to talk about the unemployment. We had 2 million more people this last week file for unemployment. Now we are up to about 40 million people unemployed. Um, just big numbers there. And we lost about 5% GDP in the first quarter because of COVID-19. And I just think it's just had drastic effects on the economy. And people don't want to look at the economy, but that's literally, that's, that's people's lives. And, and that's the big thing affected here is, is people are people are pouring their life savings into these businesses or pouring money into and when people are out, aren't doing that out shopping and going to stores like we said in past episodes the way with Fresno you got all these big big corporations they're making money but then all the small businesses are suffering so it's a, it's a good sign Chandler what do you feel like is the next step after covid-19 do you think we see a recovery from from the from pretty much the economic disaster we've been witness to
2: Yeah, I,
1: I think I don't even have to be that optimistic to say that there will be recovery. Um, that's just our economy, uh, be it through a, a black swan event like this uh, virus or uh, just through normal day-to-day variation, it's going to drop, it's going to rise back up. Um, and, and that's just how, uh, how the economy will work. So uh, I'm, I'm, I am optimistic. I do think that there uh, will be a somewhat fast resurgence in the American economy, probably not up to the point that it uh, was prior to the virus. Donald Trump had uh, brought record high uh, economies, record low uh, unemployment, and Mm -hmm. I don't think it'll get up to that level right away. Uh, I think we're still possibly years out from it being as good as uh, it was before, but certainly we're not going to see... 40-plus uh, million people, uh, Americans, unemployed for much longer. I, I think that we will see some uh, economic growth in the very near future.
0: I know Trump's predicting a great fourth quarter and into the next year if he's re-elected. I know this, this election has a lot of implications, especially since it's such a crazy world right now. We have protests and riots occurring all across the country. We have, of course, like we said, George Floyd, the murder that occurred with this police officer. This was not justified in any case. No police officer, I don't think, is trained that way. And that's where we're going to hop into our next topic is the George Floyd incident with the police officer. Now that he's been charged with third-degree murder, I think that's justice being served. That I think all four police officers should be standing trial because of this horrendous crime. And you look at—there were so many people there witnessing this crime, and, and it was just so sad. A lot of the videos were viral. Most everybody's seen the videos— it was good. I'm glad that they didn't move right away. I know people were like, they need to be charged right now. Um, we need to get him arrested. And it's like, no, Hey, they were, they were taking their time. They didn't want to overcharge and go into that, make any mistakes. They want to make sure justice is served the right way. Everybody's is, is, uh, has due process. So I think it was good the way that they were able to get everything in the situation, make sure justice is served for George Floyd. Cause this, this was such a horrendous act that occurred. And, and I think People, as you've seen, this isn't protest. Like, we have our peaceful protests, but then you have riots occurring. Chandler, what are your thoughts on, on the amount of people that are out protesting in the streets and then on the other side, looting and stealing and destroying businesses in these cities?
1: Yeah, you know, there's a few things at play here. One, there's this underlying feeling by presumably all of the protesters, peaceful and not otherwise, uh, that there's a systemic problem of uh, police brutality and, and police use of force, and, uh, and often case they're, they're, they're presuming a, a racial motivation. Nothing about this case is inherently uh, racist. Uh, I don't think just because uh, the cop was white and George Floyd was black, that doesn't mean that it was a racially motivated killing. It could have been, um, but I want to wait until there's evidence, which I know that makes you the worst person in the world if you say you want to wait until there's evidence. But if we find out that, you know, the, the police officer who killed him was posting uh, white supremacy literature and uh, was claiming to, uh, you know, make uh, big sweeping statements about the African-American community uh, in Minneapolis or in America, then I, I think we can say, oh, yes, yeah, this was a racist killing um if it was a personal issue or uh, he lost focus or lost um i, I don't want to take guilt away from him if that's not the case you know lost his uh his self-control or or whatever the situation was uh you know i i've been seeing reports that uh george floyd and Derek chauvin the police officer had worked together in a like a bar or a nightclub for several years so yep that's been confirmed more to this Mm-hmm. Um I just I, I really don't know. Uh, um, and, and I think that's what we need to do as an American people is not jump to conclusions. we need to wait until there's evidence because here's the deal. If it was racially motivated, guess what? Essentially the entire country agrees. Racism is evil. It's one of the, the gross stains on America's history, uh, especially as it relates to slavery and the Jim Crow laws. I hate racism. Like, I, I think it should be a criminal offense to simply be a racist and not even act on. Like, that it's terrible. Um, but that doesn't mean uh, that every time something is done uh, by a white police officer to a uh, black suspect, that it's inherently a racist uh, action. And, and again, I know that would make me unpopular, but it's simply... The truth. Uh, it's not necessarily uh, a race motivated thing. So sorry, I went on a long tangent on that. I feel very strongly uh, that um, we need to be a bit more patient with casting judgment in, in either way. And I think conservatives can often uh, lump all the protesters as wanting to divide America. And, and I don't think that's true for all of them. I think it's probably true of the media and of the Democrat leadership. But I think a lot of the protesters genuinely see. Um, racial disparities in the United States and and want to uh, better those and and maybe they're going about it the right way maybe they're not but um, I think we need to uh, examine motivations and and look to the source of issues as often as possible on both sides of the aisle.
0: Yep I Chandler makes some great points there I think you articulated that very well because when you make assumptions like this you give a bad look on police officers especially when police officers They're not supposed to be military. They're not supposed to be, that's not supposed to be their first goal. As we see what, what the duty of a police officer, what, what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to preserve and protect the rights of the American people. And if you go out and you start labeling police and you know, what's crazy is, is we've had celebrities come out and even Taylor Swift that our president's a white supremacist and all these ideals are getting pushed on the American people. But, but of all people, I think Lil Wayne, he came out, Lil Wayne, the rapper like early 2000s, very popular. Most people know Lil Wayne. And he comes out and he says, hey, you cannot come out and cast judgment on the whole police organization across the United States for one person's actions. And don't get me wrong, there have been many, many of cases across the country in, in the past decade that have occurred and even throughout history with police officers and the brutality and the the ability now to pull out a smartphone and just put anything online. I think this is not if you want to divide America, this is the way that this is the way the Democrats want. If you can get people divided, I think, like we said last week on the Democrat Manifesto, it's easier to divide people and conquer people and control people. And I think that's what the government wants to do, as we saw with the COVID-19 situation with with the rise of socialism. We saw we saw a free trial there where they had this control over the people. And Gavin Newsom was telling people, hey, you can do this, but you can't do this like simple things. And they opened the beaches and they closed it back up. They want to have the total control, and when you say, like, I thought you made a great point is you can't just assume it was racially motivated because then you're thinking, okay, you're going to call all, all cops racist because – but the thing is they have a job to do. They have to protect. They have to de-escalate situations, and that's the big difference between the military. When a, when a military officer is in combat, they have to take out the enemy quickly. And the thing is with the police officer, they have to de-escalate situations and if people aren't in compliance, that's when things like this occur and and this and this wasn't justified at all. It was not excusable. This is not anything that a police officer should do to any American citizen, black, white, Asian, it doesn't matter. And I think we have to take from these things and it's like if you want to go out and peacefully protest the different issues that are impacting the black community please you have the freedom and the liberty and a first amendment to go out and do that petition the government but the fact that we had people looting these cities businesses within their city they were going into their backyard and looting people that were opportunists this isn't what america's about they went in and said okay there's people writing i'm gonna go get myself a big flat screen tv that's that's not gonna do any justice to george floyd i don't think george floyd would stand for any of this right now I don't think he wants to see people fighting and, and stores being broken into. Because the thing is, next, that when the weeks, when this stuff de-escalates and the situation goes back to normal, these businesses have been burned down. They're burning down Target and they're burning down Wendy's and they're burning down police precincts. And then now they're, now it's going widespread across the United States. We have cities like Los Angeles where they're seeing cop cars attacked, highway patrolmen. This isn't an attack on all police officers. Majority of police officers are good people and they want the best for the American people. But there are that small percentage that we have to keep accountable for corruption and different things like this where incidents where this, this stuff isn't justified. And we've seen, like you said, Chandler, it's good that you wait to make decisions and judgments on a situation until more evidence has come out. I think that's that's the common sense ideal to do because what we've seen is in many cases – We've we've seen in the pa- in the past few years, well, well, the media will put out something and you're like, oh, well, this wasn't, wow, this is crazy. Why, why would he do that? And then the facts start to come out and then it's all of a sudden the truth comes out and there's like, oh, there's more to this story. And I think people on social media aren't going to agree with this opinion. They're, they're going to race race to conclusions quickly. They, they might even call me racist or white supremacist. But the thing is, when you look at it, everybody has a right to due process. And I don't think these police officers should get off easy. I think they should all be accountable to the highest rule of law. And I think you can you can support justice for George Floyd without looting and stealing from these businesses.
1: Absolutely. That's very well said. Um, and yeah, I, I think, like I said, good advice for all of us. Uh, you have here on our show notes uh, a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. I don't know, would you like to, uh, to read that and, and share your thoughts on it?
0: Yeah, let me pull it up real quick. If actually, if you have it in front of you, I need to. I was in a different different yeah, spot. Yeah,
1: I, I do. So, and I've been seeing some people post this on social media, and and I really think that if you're going to share a message right now, this is the message to share. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Amen. Love can do that, and and that's exactly true. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Obviously, well known for protesting peacefully. Uh, major civil rights activist, probably the, the most influential um, in bringing about civil rights for African-Americans. And uh, he, um, he understood that if you meet violence with violence, all you get is more violence, more division, more hate. But if you meet, uh, meet evil with good, the good will win. And, and I think we all need to uh, to keep that in mind, uh, The you know, the protesters who are out there looting and uh, burning and causing mayhem, that isn't going to smooth over relations. Uh, that's certainly not going to win those communities any favor in the eyes of the police officers. It's going to make the police more on edge. You know, if, if everybody is saying that they hate all cops and that they want all cops to die. Um, well, guess what? Now, every police officer in those communities is going to be much more fearful for their lives. They're going to probably be willing to shoot sooner or to use more force sooner. Um, and it, that only escalates problems. But if instead they say this was a, a terrible incident, maybe it was isolated, maybe it was uh, part of a, a larger problem, and, and that's very likely that it was, um, And we want to work together with uh, law enforcement to uh, have a a better system with more accountability. Like, um, you know, that's the the better way to accomplish this that will bring about a a more positive change. And that's just one idea. You know, I'm not saying that my solution is exactly right, but it's, uh, you know, that's the, the gist of that quote. Do you have any further thoughts on that, that Martin
0: Luther King Jr. quote? No, I actually had some more comments on what you said and some possible solutions and and the issue here is at hand is there needs to be a higher accountability for the corruption and the different things that happen in a police force. But again, you don't want to jump to conclusion about police officers. You're like you said, an officer is going to probably react more hesitantly if you if you continue to Press against the police, like they're there for the American people, amidst what the media actually says. If you really want to talk about problems, let's talk about Southside Chicago, the way that that city is run. There was 13 people shot dead last week, this last weekend, and and hundreds of people die in those neighborhoods, and it's because of the lack of law enforcement in that city. And the thing is, when you pull police officers, you think about it, you pull police officers out of the city and it's, it's run on the streets. You're running the streets. The people, the gangs, the the criminals, they're going to run the streets. And then you're going to be wondering, oh, wow, police officers are meant to protect and preserve the freedoms that we have and not allow these these gangs and these criminals to go in and take over the city like we saw in earlier earlier years of America. So I think it's the police officers. You can't look at every police officer. I know people that are wanting to become police officers and it's like, at this time, it's like the police officers are the enemy of the people, and that's not the way it should be. And I think Martin Luther King, I think he, with the peaceful protest and the civil rights movement and the Civil Rights Act of 1964, getting that accomplished. But I think what we see with the Democrat Party, like we said, is they want to divide people. They want to have people on in part of the welfare state, which we saw in the in the 60s and the 70s, the implementation of that and what, what effects it's had on the black community and the destruction of the nuclear family and if you look at civilization the family structure when that is destroyed that leads to society not having having people in society dependent on the welfare state dependent from government and it was interesting I was listening to uh, power talk earlier today and I thought one of the one of the talk show hosts made a great point he says yeah I have, uh, I have uh, some animals at home like I have some cats and they they uh, I feed them in the morning and I feed them in the evening they come in the morning and they gather up and they're there and they get their food. But the thing is, the cats aren't gonna go hunt for themselves anymore. They've they've lost that that fight and the desire to do so. And now they're dependent on that. That's the way the Democrats want people dependent on the welfare state. And I think that is the biggest issue that we have to address is we have to get people out of this out of this thought of mind that the government is your sole provider, and I think that's a big issue. We have to look at issues such as abortion, the fact that over 40 million babies have been aborted since Roe v. Wade, and 20 million are black babies. Nobody talks about these issues. Planned Parenthood is is committing murder to millions of black babies, and to think about the the black community, it's 13% of the population in is that community, so about 40 million people in the United States, and they've murdered half of that population in in abortions and i think that's that's just destructive to the black community it doesn't help them it keeps them in this in this reliant to the welfare state the the government and that's actually not the way people should have like we've said many times on the show the ability to have an individual responsibility to go out and strive for greatness that's not to be solely dependent on the government i think Chandler, i don't know if you had any thoughts on that and the welfare state and the destruction of the nuclear family. I think these are these are some of the core issues that we don't get to see in the media. They aren't talked about, and they need to be talked about more.
1: Yeah, it, there's a, a handful of policies that are often brought up in this, and I can't remember exact ones, so I'm not going to, uh, to uh, try to give uh, a guess at what they are. But essentially laws that incentivize single parenthood incentivize a destruction of the nuclear family um which is i mean it's it's systemic racism that's where it is it's democrat policies that have been around uh, for a long time that really tear apart the culture of minority communities especially african-american communities And, and i think that's where uh some of our time and effort especially as conservatives uh to look at where you know some of these policies are are coming from and how we as conservatives i think a lot of times we we play the same game the democrats do the democrats assume that they're going to have the black vote and the republicans also assume they're going that the democrats are going to have the black vote and i think we should think of that because yeah, there are things like a, a disproportionate number of abortions taking place in uh, communities where it's, uh, you know, people of color, minorities, and in, in particular uh, uh, black uh, women are, are having these abortions. And I don't think that's an accident uh, in terms of policy side of this. Um, so, you know, uh, there's certainly a uh, a need for Conservatives um, to reach out to these communities that feel most hurt by this and and think that they are uh, uh, always going to be helped by the Democrats, the very Democrats who have who have torn apart their communities. Um, I really loved uh, what Kanye West said, and now we've brought up two uh, two rappers in one show, and I don't know what we're doing here. But um, you know, when when Kanye visited Trump and and was saying that people that uh, he needs to vote one way because of the colors of his skin. Recently with Joe Biden saying, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Like, are you kidding me? This is uh, this is ridiculous. People from, from every community, be that by a, a racial group, I don't even like to think in terms of these identity politics, but I'll play the game of the left for a second here. Um, you know, regardless of like identity group or gender or um, whatever uh, other Group identity you want to want to label shouldn't always be assumed to go towards a certain political party. People should think for themselves. They should do their own research and should be uh, free to uh, to vote the way that they think they will be best served. And I think uh, you know this has kind of gone on a bit of a tangent, but uh, that if we have problems. Uh, with race in our country, I think that would be a good place to start, especially as conservatives. Uh, would That would be a good place for uh, change to be affected.
0: And Chandler, you made an excellent point there. And the fact that we've labeled groups that have to vote for a specific party, that's not the way America should be. And if there's a goal that we should have, quoting the great Charlie Kirk, is that, we should be able to live in a country where you have to go up and ask a person if you want to know their political affiliation instead of looking at people and assuming that's their political affiliation because that is wrong and that is not what America was founded on and that is not what America should be implementing into elections and this is not the way that this is what the Democrat want. They want to label groups. You better vote for me. I'm going to give you your goodies. I'm going to give you the welfare. I'm going to give you everything and then that's how they control you and that was like Charlie Kirk mentions this a lot on his show, is look at Rome and the different things that happened to Rome. The people were overtaxed. And and they became, they went from a republic to an empire and the fall of Rome. And the fact that people, they got people hooked in on, on free food. And then we saw with the, the Roman Colosseum, they had people entertainment. There you go, you gave them food and entertainment as the corrupt rulers were continuing to rule Rome and eventually the downfall of Rome and it crumbles. And when you look at that, it's like, That's what's happening in the United States and his last episode I thought was great. It's just it it talks about the issues in America. We don't want to see the same demise of America as we saw with Rome and I don't think we should head anywhere near an empire but we have to look at what are the true intentions of the Democrat party and we talked about it last week on the Democrat Manifesto. If you haven't listened to that episode please go check it out right now and I think you have to look and you have to be an individual and free thinker. You cannot Go with the mob. It never works out. You have to be able to base your own opinion, opinion on on free thought, and and you have the right to do so in America. And if we allow this stuff to happen, and we allow these people to come into power that want to divide us instead of unite us, that I think is the biggest biggest thing here in the next in the next election. So we're gonna to go to a quick break here on the Matt and Chan show, and we'll have Chelsea Heaton coming on. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Matt and Chan Show. We have Chelsea Heaton on the show. Welcome, Chelsea. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. How are you guys?
0: Doing great. Doing great.
1: Yeah, we're we're glad you could
0: come on the show.
2: I'm glad to be here. Thank you for um, asking me to come on.
0: All right, Chelsea. So I know you go to Fresno Pacific, but you want to tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Uh, Yeah, sure. Um, My name is Chelsea Heaton. Um, I go to Fresno Pacific. I just finished my first year. Um, my freshman year and I'll be going to my sophomore year next you know got through it <laughs> finally even through online classes um but um I'm a I just turned 19 I'm doing great um I live in Los Banos which is about like an hour 15 hour 30 with tra- away from Fresno so I live on campus and I've really enjoyed my first year at Fresno Pacific. It's um, been really fun meeting a lot of new people. Um, it's really different, you know, being kind of far away from home, but it's fun. I really like it. Okay. And I'm a, I'm, oh, I'm also, a, I'm a business marketing major at FU. All
0: right. We need more people like that. <laughs> oh, we had a little, like, interruption there. So,
2: yeah. Sorry sure, about that. Yeah, of so, mm-hmm.
0: so cool. Um, yeah, so welcome to the show we got a lot of stuff going on this week is there anything that really caught your eye that you really wanted to talk about i know we uh texted a little bit beforehand if you wanted to talk about just like the the how how's your how's your covid situation like how's that been so far for you like during during the quarantine
2: um it's been a little uh crazy i kind not you know i kind of try to keep saying you know um i'm just just me and my parents. You know, my siblings are out of the house, so it's just me, and it's it's kind of different. Um, not being able to, you know, at the beginning, not being able to see friends, and moving, you know, out of off campus so suddenly. It's been um kind of crazy. Just um, you know, I finished up the year online classes with homework and kind of just doing stuff around the house, trying to keep busy. Sometimes it's hard to find motivation to <laughs> do anything right now. <laughs> But, you know, you just
0: got to kind of push yourself out of bed to do what you got to do. Yeah, I feel you. So I know we uh, talked beforehand, and you had a lot of concern on on the rising amount of socialism that's being pushed across our country, and and especially sometimes people even at FPU, when you talk to people, it's just like, yeah, I'm okay with that. So what are your thoughts been on, like, a lot of the, the big push for, I know we had the we had the the ppp come out and a lot of these different different measures and stuff. To, hey, you're getting free money. Um, any thoughts on any of that going on?
2: Um yeah, I think especially our generation and our younger generation. It sounds nice to still socialism sounds nice, you know, like in theory on paper that oh, I get free stuff, free college. That sounds great. That sounds awesome. Free free healthcare may sound nice, and that's kind of like keyword you know free but is it really free like you know it's going to come from the government and anything coming from government eventually it comes from us in paying taxes and we shouldn't be depending on the government for all this all these things because the more we depend on the government the more they have control over our lives and we need as as people we need to um, be able to think for ourselves and individuality and independence. And that's, I mean, that's what built our country and our founding fathers didn't agree with um, what was going on in England and they wanted to separate and create um, something for themselves. And I think, especially as a younger generation, we fall into um, the agenda that the left is trying to push and all these socialists in, in government And it's easy to do that um, as a younger generation, especially um, in who are in college. And it's kind of it's sad to see that they fall, you know, they're just believing all the lies that they're just here. They're hearing what they want to hear. And the government and socialists are telling them what they want to hear when they're not telling them the truth. Yet, what really socialist
0: Chelsea does. though what free college free health care isn't that what it's supposed to be it's supposed to be free I think that's that's the way it has to be right that's everybody thinks that I, I fully be, I fully believe that that's a, a lot of people think that this tuition it's free it's just going to go away and like you said government control like our our country was founded on it so I'm glad to know that you know our history because I feel like that's something that we lose with college students across the country is is uh understanding what our country was founded on and that we're not a welfare state and like you said that welfare state's going to control control the people more and more and we've seen it i don't know if you enjoyed your test trial of socialism so far with covid19 have you enjoyed it
2: um i don't think so not too much i mean (laughs) i feel kind of cooped up here and i feel like oh by gradually you know very gradually slowly if we are continue to, to we're, we're continue to be told to stay inside, and we're not people who have lost their jobs, or people just are told they're not allowed to work, and all these lockdowns, all these regulations, they're slowly and gradually taking away our rights mm-hmm. as, that we you know have in this country. And if people don't realize that and stand up for their rights, then Slowly and surely, the government's going to have control over
0: our lives. Yep, exactly. And and we see that, Chandler. Did you have any thoughts on that? I wanted to make sure you're part of this conversation.
1: <laughs> yeah, Chelsea, I really liked what you said uh, earlier about uh, the left telling people what they want to hear, right? You uh, you get to have all these things. You don't have any responsibility. Oh, the government will take care of you. Um, it's very hard because the the message of the right is um, often not what people want to hear. It's a message of personal responsibility, and if you want something, you have to go earn it. Um, and what that takes is work and discipline and time, and uh, it's very hard to convince a, uh, a young generation who is used to having their parents provide for them, you know, or, or probably, uh, if not the uh, wealthiest generation ever coming, uh, you know, our parents' generation would be. Um, so, like, we have a lot of uh, things that are just given to us, uh, and we expect that uh, a lot moving forward as a, as a generation. So um, I'm kind of curious what you think uh, would be most motivational to our peers to um, look past some of the deceit of socialism and uh the left and and maybe more towards a uh a conservative or more classically liberal uh um, philosophy
2: um i think especially in schools you know um students need to be more to be taught more and more about what this country was founded on and um the values and the morals and that the only way that this country is going to prosper and succeed is if we continue that way and to push forward and work hard. Um, and I think I, I recently heard this, um, that many people, uh, today, um, have this victim mentality Mm -hmm. and that the, the, if, if their minds have been programmed to, oh, blame the racist society, blame homophobia, blame, Anybody but themselves and their own laziness, and not um, they they and and the socialist the socialism it promotes laziness and just you know sit sit at home and watch TV and wait for the government to give you whatever you need, and that's not what, it's the total opposite of our country, and people need to be. Motive, people need to be pushed and have the motivation and to be encouraged to work hard and um, to work for what they need and to not hope for the government to provide for what they need. And with this victim mentality, they they are con- they continue to blame everybody else and they think they're entitled to all these things that the government's saying they're going to provide for them. And I think it really can- does start in education and um Especially, you know, public school teachers need to be teaching um, their students the, um, you know, the what they need to be giving them a good foundation. Yeah, exactly. For them to go into the out into the workforce, and especially, you know, people, um, especially in like uh, illegal immigrants that are coming in, there's more and more of that, and they're not, and so then it's kind of pushing people out of their jobs because. They're willing to give illegal immigrants because they're willing to pay lower. Um, they're they're willing to take lower the lower wages, and then it's um, it's demotivate. It's not motivating other American citizens to work because yeah. why why work if I can't get a job? And it's just crazy to see. I recently did a paper on illegal immigration, and it's just so um, sad that people don't realize what it's actually doing to our economy. And what it's doing to American citizens here. And it's—and what really bothers me is the, the socialists and the leftists, it's all about emotion. And it's all about what you feel, what you think. It, emotion, when did pure emotion get us anywhere?
0: Exactly. We need
2: logic, we <laughs> need reason, and we need laws because if we don't have that, this economy and this country is going to go down in shambles.
0: Oh my gosh, and it's it's crazy cuz I uh, I wrote it I wrote an article this morning about that just the division like I mean, we talked about it in our last segment that if we don't unite now, we're going to we're going to be pretty much destruction. we we're, we're going to be destroyed from the inside. Like it's going to be it's going to be a catastrophe like of everything going on. And I think I think you made a great point education. It starts with education. We we got students being indoctrinated and programmed to think a certain way. And I look forward to starting in the fall. If we go back to school in the fall, I'm looking forward to starting a Turning Point USA chapter because I think people need to be free thinkers. And people have been so like the victimhood mentality. It's terrible. People people can't think for themselves. They have to believe what other people say. They use Twitter as their main and CNN as their main resources for their information. Like you said, it's just like yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go in shambles if we don't actually uh we actually don't get we don't work together and we actually and we don't have we don't promote free thinking and i think the education system that's where it starts and we have the left and the socialists that want to come out and they want to say i think everybody it's the thing is it's equality it's it's for the collective it's for the many that's that's what the left comes in do it for the many not for the individual and like chandler said he said individual responsibility nobody wants to do that nobody wants to put in the work they're like i I'll sit at home and make more money on the couch like why should i go to work if i and like you said, illegal immigration, it's, it's not right. I think it, it takes away, like you said, from the American people. Um, and it's, it's a really sad thing when we have 40 million people unemployed. It's like these are jobs that Americans are willing to do if the incentives are there. And Chandler, did you have any thoughts?
1: Um, no, I, I, have nothing to add to that. Uh, I am kind of curious to hear from Chelsea and, and from you, Matt, uh, what you think, uh, this 2020 presidential election will look like. Um, because in a lot of ways it, it's not going to be just, uh, Trump versus presumably Biden. It's going to be the ideologies of the left versus the ideologies of the right. Um, and so I, I'm kind of curious to, to hear your guys' opinions on um, what how that will look, um, because I don't see this as being uh, that personal of an election at this point, and being more of an ideological um, type of debate that will be played out by the votes of the American people.
0: Chelsea, if you wanted to go, I'll um, let you go well, first.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, no, actually, you can go if you want. No, um, I'm you You're
0: our guest. That's why I offered, so... Yep. Uh,
2: so, all right, thanks. Yeah. Um, well, I think one of the big like cards they'll probably be playing is this whole coronavirus and how Trump dealt with it. And and that they're going to say, oh, you know, he didn't deal with it with the right way. You know, so many people are dying. But I think then, you know, Trump's going to go out and he's going to say, no, we did this, we did this, we did the best we could, and all and then just kind of show all the lies that the um the left and the democrats are trying to um show you know they're gonna play you know uh the race the race card obviously and you know and um i i feel i feel like trump is gonna i think he's gonna do okay um in the debates and this election um biden is obviously not a strong candidate and the Democratic Party knows it and they're just gonna use him as a puppet use him as in any way they can and to just promote their agenda Um, and it's really sad because he's just just there he's you know he, he he doesn't know where he is he forgets his name he doesn't he doesn't know anything right now I, he probably he still thinks he's vp um
0: <laughs> no he's running really for sad. senate he's running for I,
2: senate i think <laughs> is he running for senator i don't know he's running for, <laughs> he running for president i he doesn't know um i yeah it may be a struggle at first you know for trump because they're gonna they're gonna throw all these things at him but i think he's gonna you know he's gonna punch right back he's gonna Hit him out of the park. I think he's gonna do a
0: good job. And Chelsea I actually had a follow-up question, and and like in and, and of course you see Joe Biden as a as a contestant in this race, and like you said, like he's not all there and everything. And I just want to follow up with is what are what are some of the things that you think motivate the American people to vote for Donald Trump? Because people still think it's a mystery. Like what are some of the things that like you see in Donald Trump that's like I'm like he's not the perfect individual as you've seen. Like he's not he's not gonna be like whoa, he's it's it's hard to be like morally 100 percent and it's hard to be a good leader like there has to be it's not a jimmy carter like kind of presidency where it's like hey it's like he he gets he just goes in and he he gets the job done it's like promises made promises kept so what are some things that about donald trump that you see that are are good for the american people and that you would think okay this is a good thing this is why people should vote for him um well
2: especially i mean before before this whole coronavirus thing. Um, coronavirus stuff happened. Um, he got he like a lot. Of, he helped a lot of people um, get jobs. Unemployment went down um, to a all-time low. You know, and I mean, it's sad to see now it's highest it's ever been in decade. You know, decades. But I don't. I don't. if if we hadn't had it at that you know that low and we weren't at our economy wasn't at good, we would. It would be a lot worse right now, and I think he's really fought for this economy and to get people into work um, and to get just you know people have people have people had jobs and it and it was good and I think the, one of the big things is he's really helped this economy and, um, in his uh, past three years and it's sad to see right now it's not doing too too well but. Like I said, if it wasn't what it was before, it'd be a lot worse. If if we had, if if we had this coronavirus during Obama's um, presidency, it would be so 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 bad. Well,
0: yep. Well, we even saw with uh, H1N1 during the Obama administration, and we didn't see such a freak out about it. But President Trump, he comes in, and I, I saw something this this week, and I thought it was interesting is. Nobody ever asked Donald Trump how he's doing like, how, "Mr. President, you've done all this, all these things. How are you doing? Like, are you able to continue to do it?" It's always like negative. And like you said, it's just like Donald Trump, it's like, "And he's done so many things for the economy, but there's been many things that he's done that's not even related to the economy." It's like he's probably the most pro-life president ever. He's come out, and, it's a, and the fact that no other president had gone to a pro-life march before, he, he passed trade deals, USMCA, like great things for the country. He's he's done things that people wanted him to get done. Immigration issues, the the economy, and like you say, people are gonna people are gonna vote with their wallet. If they got more money in their wallet, I think people are gonna go vote for him. And I think Donald Trump, it's not gonna be a landslide victory. I think it's gonna be competitive, just because you never know what this ballot harvesting you you know it all the mail-in fraud that's that can occur in elections i know we talked about that this week and and uh, in previous episodes go check out our previous episodes listeners if you guys wanted to see we have a we have an episode all on mail-in voting i think it was about a month ago we talked about that because like you know the democrats mail-in voting that's gonna be that's gonna be the way to way to go we can we can win an election that way so uh yeah uh Chandler, do you have any—what about you, Chandler? What are your thoughts on Donald Trump? What makes him a strong candidate in 2020? And do you think Joe Biden, actually, do you think he he has a chance? And I, I kind of figure where you're going to go with this, but I just wanted to hear. I want to make sure your voice was heard as well.
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I agree with a lot of points that both of you made. Uh, the How strong he brought the economy uh, in really the first two years of his presidency is— Uh, unprecedented you know he always uh, says like they said it couldn't be done but I did it I got it done and and, like it's true Uh, he's very good on the economy he's very good on uh, a lot of social issues Uh, I would I'm I'm a bit more libertarian so I'd always like to see uh, uh, less taxes less spending Um, but you know you can't get everything Uh, and so I, I do. Uh, I do think he's done a great job, and that speaks uh, volumes to uh, to the American people. A lot of people, who uh, especially Republicans, who wouldn't consider voting for him in 2016, maybe because of some moral issues or because uh, they didn't think he would uh, govern conservatively. I think uh, a lot of people, uh, are, especially conservatives, are now uh, seeing that uh, what already been done, uh, has been done in terms of uh, negative things, but generally he's uh, been a very conservative president on a lot of issues, and uh, I think he will do very well. Uh, We learned in 2016, though, that you can never take a a presidential election for granted. The the polls don't mean a lot, the um, feeling in the country doesn't mean all that much, Uh, so You kind of have to wait until election day uh, to see how things are going to turn out. So I think uh, we should keep uh, pressing for uh, conservative ideas, and the election will be what it is. But I I certainly would like to see Trump reelected. Four more years would be good for our country.
0: Exactly. So Chelsea, we're all out of time. I didn't know if you had any last messages that you wanted to get out there. I think... It's good that you came on the show. It, it it's like wow that somebody goes to Fresno Pacific that actually shares conservative values. It's actually really rare to see. And I don't know if you had any messages for students on campus that maybe are too shy to actually talk about conservative values. I know it's when people hear conservative values or they hear Republican, they go, oh, you're a racist, you got all this. So I just I thank you for coming on the show. I think it's it's good to come on and get your voice heard and and just to invite other people on the show, the people that are listening to the show right now, or YouTube listeners or iTunes listeners. Come on to the show if you feel like you want to get your voice heard. So any last thoughts, Chelsea?
2: Um, uh, thank, uh, just thank you, you know, for letting me come on to this show. Um, yes, I, I agree that it's, it is it is kind of hard, you know, sometimes to speak out and say what you believe, um, especially, you know, now and being, you know, conservative or Republican in this time. Um, but I think right now we just need to focus on, you know, being united and you know, we need to continue to fight for our rights and work hard because this is that's what made this country great. And, you know, Trump Trump is doing his best to make it great, you know, great again. <laughs> so um, thank you again for letting me come on.
0: Yep, thanks for having or thanks for you coming on to the show. It's great. So awesome. Yeah, um, thanks for joining us. So awesome. We're going to head to our next segment. We got we're going to be talking about the Declaration of Independence. You talk about the founding of this country. Our last closing segment's going to be about the Declaration of Independence and the significant to, significance today and what it what it means for the current state of the country. So, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Matt and Chan Show. We're bringing the energy in our closing segment. Chandler, how you doing, man? Closing segment. It's been a great
1: show. We were just talking off the air that it feels like uh, as the show has been progressing, our, our energy level has been rising, and, and what a uh, document to have high energy for. Um, this is arguably one of, uh, if not the most important document in American history, uh, the Declaration of Independence. Uh I think
0: uh, yeah. Let's dive into it. Yeah. So of course, like you said, the Declaration of Independence, and the importance of this document. This is this is we're declaring independence from Great Britain, and the significance of this document as we look at it. And it's just like wow, this is this is what America was founded on. Don't listen to the news media outlets. They're going to come out. They're going to say no. America started in 1619. This is this is when. If you've heard that narrative from the New York Times, the New York Slimes, as we like to call them on this show, 1619, they said America was founded on on slave trips or slave slave ships b- being brought to the Americas. But no, Declaration of Independence. And last week we covered Common Sense by Thomas Paine. But this is the founding of the United States of America. Freedom and liberty shall stand against Great Britain. And so we're just gonna start it off. I think this is a great document to look at, I think once a year, as well as the Constitution, as we said last week, I think it's a good thing. You need to know what this country was founded on. Like, I think when you look at it in high school, it's like a crash course. You kind of go, oh yeah, it's the Declaration of Independence. Yep, and then we fought Britain, we won the war, and that's it, That's, that's the story. And I think there's a lot more to this document. There's a lot more to really dissect. You could probably do an hour show on this document. We might do it one of these days, who knows? And and we say at the beginning of this so this, uh, of course july fourth, seventeen seventy six. This has been in the works for some time. So there's been some drafts, and they said the unanimous the unanimous declaration of the thirteen United States of America, when the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected from them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of the nature's nature's God entitle them a, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the clauses which impel them to the separation. So we have the first part of the Declaration of Independence Chandler and we're hey we're gonna we're gonna separate from Great Britain and this is kind of the beginning statement and this document was used not only to show hey we're gonna be an independent country we're also going to be you're also firing up people. For the revolution as we saw with thomas Paine, like people need to be free and they should have the liberty to do what they want to do with their lives so chandler what are your thoughts on that first part of the declaration just uh it's important those
1: are such powerful words uh you know i i've grown up sort of uh enjoying reading this document and and looking at it never very seriously as a a student of it but uh just as an american citizen and, and the significance of it um, but those powerful opening words of when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another. Uh, those are the words not only that that sparked the, uh, the American Revolution and, and the American idea of independence, but really that was the end of uh, the colonialism of uh, uh, a lot of the 1800s, uh, or you know, the, the 1600s through the 1800s. Um, those were the words that inspired so many other nations to uh, seek their independence. Um, but I think what's unique about America is uh, that that next paragraph um, of the truths that they hold to be self-evident. So they said, we, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That right there, I think, mean, uh, better than any other phrase sums up the American ideal, and you know these founders. You you uh, talked about like the 1619 uh, project, and uh, I think the founders. Certainly, there were exceptions. Certainly, uh, uh, some of the founders owned slaves and were were perfectly okay with the idea of slavery, um, but I think they understood that. When they wrote all men are created equal they really meant all men and and all mankind you know men and women um are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights you talk about all the time on the show that our rights come from god not from man that's the american ideal that that, um that life liberty and the pursuit of happiness those are uh our rights as human beings created in the image of god so yeah, do you, do you want to touch on that? So I, I, I talked for a lot there.
0: Oh, you're good. It's just, just there's so much in this document to dissect, so you're totally justified in, in doing so. It's just it's just looking at the magnitude of this document. So we have this first part. It's like, hey, we need to get the rights to the people. And the great thing is, like we're seeing now, it's they say if the form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it's the right to the people to alter or abolish it. We should never let anybody or a tyrant get so much power like a king. And we even saw George Washington and some of the founding fathers, even though they always say like the, the founding of this country, they're like, oh, it was founded on slavery. It was founded on racism. It's like, no, this document, even though the founding fathers may have not lived up to the ideas of this document and in the constitution, this was a document meant to last the test of time. This it's it's remarkable over 200 years this document this this document has been pretty much our guiding post for this country and people out there want to corrupt this document and and in our constitution especially the declaration they just want to rewrite history they want to they just want to do everything just like in the French revolution they want to just stop time start over and this is this is the way we're going to do it the elites they want to they want to run this country a whole different way they don't want to look at the founding documents they want to go and they were like I want to make this law because I feel like making this law I want people to I want to have the power over these people. I want to be able to tell people like King Newsom over here, if I if people want to go out to the beach, I'm not going to let them until they're good. I'm I'm going to be a parental figure. So it's just like wow, looking at the the magnitude of this document, hey, the government, if they overreach in power, it's up to the people. It's up to the state militias. It's about people standing up for what is right and what is and for freedom. And that's what the revolutionaries did. And it's and if you look at like the French Revolution, it's like wow, you have these groups of people that wanted to set these ideals and and you look at these people and the the founders, and they were like, "No, we're not gonna we're not gonna get ourselves entangled into the French Revolution. We're not gonna get into other wars. Like the fact that we've been entangled in so many wars that have been have caused ne- unnecessary deaths. It's just looking at it. We could have gone the way. We could have gone around like the French Revolution and just started like we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna and it's and it's kind of different because they already had stuff established there, the monarch and everything, and then and then just to have." The king, like we're, we're across the Atlantic, and we have this king ruling the people, and they said, nope, this is not going to happen. So I think what the next the next part of the Declaration that just has so much so much power is they have the 27 grievances with the king, and there's and we can go through all of them, but I think just in I think it's up to the people, our listeners, to go back and read this document, read it a few times, really soak up the information that's sitting in front of you because this is where your rights are or, or given from God, and they're outlined in this document. They're, this is like, as Americans, we should hold all these values. Um, Chandler, did you want to just read off some of the first few or just the first two or so, just to, just to get people an idea of what the sounding if nobody's ever seen the Declaration of Independence? Like, we always hear about it, like I said, but history classes don't cover stuff like this. They don't get in-depth like this. So I think that's, a, that's part of the goal of the show is to get people educated about why, what, what's America. What's, why is it so great? You want to read some, Chan?
1: Yeah, so I'll start with the first grievance against the the King of Great Britain. Uh, So the first one, he has refused to assent to laws the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. The second one, he has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend them. Number three, he has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts people unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable, inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. And so I, I think here what we see with these uh, just these first three points and uh, a lot of the other grievances follow along the same idea, a, uh, a government has to earn its right to govern. A government isn't just given this power um, uh, by, you know, it isn't uh, guaranteed its power. Uh, you know, we, we uh, skipped over the part earlier in the Declaration where it says um, that the, the purpose of government, the purpose of government is to secure these rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And they derive their power from the governed. When the government fails to live up to that, it's no longer the people's government, and uh, and that's something that we need to uh, to keep in mind uh, when reading this document. Is that all these grievances? They're showing how the king of England was not a a good government. Uh, they were saying, "You don't do this. You do this, and it's wrong. You don't do this. That we really need." And um, by uh, by listing out those reasons, they provide a moral framework to uh, seek their independence from England. And uh, once, uh, once that's accomplished, you know, it, it strengthens the morale of those fighting. You know, because imagine this, uh, put yourself in the shoes of uh, an American revolutionary soldier. You're fighting uh, your homeland, right? You're, you probably are like uh, a first or second generation uh, immigrant from England, to the, the shores of America, and you are fighting uh, people that you're potentially related to, you're fighting your own king, uh, really, is what they're doing. And so by, by listing out, these are the reasons why uh, England is no longer fit to rule America. Uh, they, they provide that moral framework to, uh, to make a, a valid fight against the crown, and against uh, the the British soldiers, I think that that's the the big uh, deal of this document.
0: Yeah, and then like you said, like I thought I, I'm kind of surprised. Actually, we skipped over that. My bad. I know we. I kind of hopped right into, hey, if the government's not being of that, and I just like I, I like how you hit that. It's consent of the government, like it's it's a hundred percent that the people they have to give their consent to the government to have the govern govern the people it's not supposed to be flip-flopped like the king was ruling and put passing all these things like we had the the stamp tax and the t- and the tax on tea, and we saw with the boston harbor and there, and then people are just, just pent up energy of revolution and we saw last week with thomas Paine, common sense great read please go read it if you get a chance to there's so much great stuff in in that little pamphlet that was released and it's 1776 a big year it's like wow like we were already in conflict with with Great Britain, and then you have people ready to ready to have a revolution against the crown. But then there was other people within in this this first Congress that were like, "No, I think we should give we should we should just give them a little a peace treaty. We should come at it with an olive branch. Like this is the way that that we should go about this. Like we'll stay, we won't we won't revolt, we won't do anything. We'll just we'll try to we'll try to negotiate. That didn't work." So this was the best option at the time and I'm glad we did it cuz we wouldn't be here doing this show if we didn't <laughs> we'd all have english accents and we I don't know what this world would look like in 2020 with with over 200 plus years of history here with the United States founding and I just this last part I just saying I'm just going to read all of it just cuz I think it's all important and I think it says it says these united colonies are and of the right Ought to be free and independent states. Wow. That they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown. Mm. And that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is ought, is and ought to be totally dissolved. And that as a free independent state, they have the full power to levy war, conclude peace, uh, con- contract alliances, uh, establish commerce, and do all, all other acts and things which independent states may of the right do. And the support of this declaration with a firm... Uh, Affirm resilience on the protection of divine providence. We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And then the signers of the Declaration of Independence. That's it. That's it, folks. This This is the founding document. And I recommend you go through and read everything because this was the precursor to the Constitution and why you have the rights today. And like we said last week with Memorial Day, we have these days, like Veterans Day, for the people that are currently serving and are in combat today. And we have Memorial Day for all the people that lost their lives in combat and the bloodshed. And the last week, I know it was an emotional week for me just because it's like you look back. And I had many, many uncles and even great uncles and great, great uncles on, on both sides of my family that, that fought all the way back to the Revolutionary War, fought in World War II fought in, in all these different wars and, and the history just goes back it runs in my family it runs patriotism is the biggest thing here it's like people people died for this country and this declaration was the beginning of the United States it set it set everything up and this is and, it, and it just it's the fact that it was just it was just the articulation and the debate that had to go down every word was chosen for an exact purpose and I actually recommend if you get a chance. I I don't know if you've seen it, Chan, uh, the John Adams HBO miniseries. Have you seen that?
1: I I have not seen it. No.
0: It is by far I feel the best representation of the founding I've ever seen in my life. I've I've watched it a few times now, and each time I watch it, it's just it shows you that our founding. It always seems like it was just so easy. It was snap of fingers. We we won. It was just so easy, but. No, there was a lot of deliberation and I think it's it's cool to see the different interactions between Madison, Jefferson, Adams, all all and even Washington. I just think it's interesting. It's like Washington could have come in as the first president after winning the war and just became a king, a monarch. They even offered it to him. They said, Hey but he said, No. I will lead, but this is like once I once I'm done serving, I'm done serving. This is not this is not the way it's gonna be. And we'll be getting into some of his Early stuff after we go through the Constitution, the significance of that, Washington's first term, and pretty much just kind of give, like we said, this is our goal for this end of this podcast, these uh, concluding segments, is to go over why America is great, why it was founded the way it was, and to just debunk the new the, the stuff that you hear in the news. They're, they're going to try to change the way you look at America. They want you to hate America. That's not what this is about. America is the greatest country ever to be created and I solely believe that 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 God has a purpose for this country and it was founded that our rights come from God and and that's and that can be and that can be and the thing is you look at it it's is the founders it was such an important thing that this happened like I just think just the blessings upon blessings that this country has it is the greatest place in the world to live I I wouldn't wouldn't imagine living anywhere else I don't think you would either Chan correct?
1: No, th- this really is the greatest country, and, and like you said, based on the uh, the ideas of our founders. I know we're running a bit long on a show, so I don't want to uh, I don't want to cut you off, but we should probably wrap it up. That way we, we stay, uh, you know, under uh, or, or not too far over an hour. So uh, do you have any closing thoughts?
0: Um, I just think just go out. I think be a patriot for the cause. I think America's in a, in a tough spot right now. We got a lot of divisiveness that the media is going to stir up. So please go out, be a patriot for this country, be somebody that believes in the fundamentals that this these founding documents was that were founded on. These things weren't done in vain. These things are why America is the greatest country that ever was that ever started and is still currently the greatest country to live in. So I just everybody out there. I'd love to I'd love to hear your opinions. I'd love for you to come on the show. It was great having Chelsea on the show today and just give her another shout out there. And I just think if you if you love America, then you will want you'll do what it what it takes to make sure that our country stays the United States of America, the greatest country ever. So I thank you for listening to the show. Chandler, you got any last quick messages before we close out? No,
1: I, you covered it all.
0: So, Sweet, if you like the show, you like the content that you received this week, please drop a like or a comment in our, on our YouTube channel, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, the whole shebang. We got it all. And we're, we're making movements. Um, go check out my article that's going to be dropping soon. Divided, once again, when does it end? That'll be dropping here in the next day or so. So go check that out. Um, I have some merchandise on, the Matt and Chan Show Merchandise. Um, if you want to buy any merchandise this is our newest design i really i really like it it's our it's our logo matt and chan show so if you really like what you're getting and do it please leave a comment a, a subscription just to make sure you never miss an episode again so till next time this is the matt and chan show